Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Real to Real podcast. Once again, I'm Jonathan Myers. And I'm Gary Myers. We're glad to have you back with us. Yeah. This may be the last thing you expected us to cover so soon in the podcast. But, uh, yeah, we're talking about Little Women 2019. You were talking to me about it. We're not the target audience for this. No, we are not at all. But that just shows you how effective this film is. Because yeah, a, despite us not being the target audience, we both really appreciate this film. Yeah, it's a really well-directed, um, well-paced, and um, and she's able to uh, do with this film. You know, there are other versions of Little Women, but she does something new and unique with this, so it's really good. I can speak for myself and say that I've tried one of the other versions of Little Women, and I really just couldn't get into it that much. But I saw this one in theaters just really just because of, uh, I don't know what exactly drew me to watch it with family. It's just like, maybe it was like good reviews. Maybe it was like Oscar buzz. I don't know. I just was genuinely interested in checking it out. And I came out of the film like very, very pleased with what I saw. I think this is largely agreed upon to be the best adaptation. There are some people who do not like this movie. It's not quite like last episode's topic where there's like a passionate base of people who do not like it. The vast majority of people love this film. And... For good reason, because it's really it's really a powerful and honestly innovative way to tell a story that's been told like I don't even know how many times I want. I kind of want to look up how many Little Women adaptations there have been because they there's got to be a pretty insane number. Yeah, and the whole um, the story itself is very pro woman and. Um is really looking at the place of women um, in the 1800s, right at, right at the time of the Civil War. And this one really does a good job. And even, you know, by picking a, an opening scene that emphasizes that, um, it sets the tone for the movie, really is a redeeming look at what women can do. And so it's very good in that respect. Yeah. This just reminds me of an article I saw around the release of this film. And I I saw it pretty early in its release. So when I saw this, I was kind of just, I I thought it was ridiculous. I can never find it. It was so funny to me. They took it down. (laughs) Yeah, they took it down out of embarrassment. But it was something on the lines of like, no, men don't want to see little women. It was just listing all of these random things. It was just like, <laughs> these are hangups you have that are just a detriment to yourself. Like you're just depriving yourself of a good movie right. because it's... you're you're worried about what what it looks like for you watching Little Women when nobody cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> it actually has some um, strong male characters in it, and. Um... Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and, with some very good qualities and, and showing what it 
means to be a, a good man versus, yeah, you know, um, failing in that respect. So I, so. I really like every character in this movie, except one who is supposed to be unlikable. And so that, that really shows you how well written and well presented the characters are. My favorite character in the movie is probably Amy March, which is funny because Amy March apparently has a reputation in literature of being like a hated character. And you can kind of see why she is because she does like probably the most vile thing any character does in the film when she just out of pure spite for not being invited to go hang out with Joe and Lori, she just burns Joe's entire manuscript. (laughs) And it's like, Right. She does have a nice arc. Um, her character comes around and uh, and really shows love and respect for Joe eventually. Yeah. I, I love how the sisters like play off of each other and how they all correlate with each other. Each of them has their own little talent, if you've noticed this. So like Joe's a writer, Amy's a painter, Meg's an actress, and... Beth plays piano. So they all have their own little unique talents. But through this, the characters really complement each other very well. It does a good job to show their different personalities, but it also shows how they work together well as a family. Yeah, they also they also have different life choices, you know, um, about oh, yeah. who they would marry. And, and they all are the three... Um, older sisters do all marry for love. So all of them. Um, yeah. And so, you know, that's not always what some of the characters in the movie want them to do. Some just simply <laughs> want them to marry for money. Yeah. It's not what aunt March wants. Aunt March is the, the character that I do not like. I find her really annoying, but that was also the point so she you know, played it well. She played it well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she honestly, I find it kind of funny that they cast Meryl Streep in the role. Like when you usually cast Meryl Streep in a role, it's very obvious you're trying to get some Oscar noms, particularly an Oscar nom for Meryl Streep as a supporting actress. And I find it so funny that in the end who got who ended up getting a supporting actress nom was Florence Pugh who played mm-hmm. uh who played Amy. <laughs> I find that hilarious. Uh I think right. Saoirse Ronan also got a lead actress nom. Mhm. And very, this very is very well very well acted. Yeah, this part. is my second favorite performance of hers because I think you know what my favorite is. From I think a very recent movie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm referring to See How They Run. It's like this murder mystery that came out last year. Yeah. She, she plays she's, deadpan and it's hilarious. It is hysterical. Yeah. But uh, no, really good cast all around. I think uh, this is probably one of Emma Watson's better roles too, outside of Hermione. Yes, it Laura, was, uh, Laura Dern actually might be my favorite Laura Dern role, too. Yeah. Uh, who else? 
Oh, Timothy Chalamet. He does a good job. I I had this like because he was so popular. I had like this irrational disdain for Timothy Chalamet <laughs> for some reason. And then I watched this movie. I was like, okay, I guess yeah. I see. I see the appeal. He's pretty good. He was really good. He he, he played it well. So we didn't give the stats to this movie or the we didn't set up this movie the director and the date and everything, did we? Yeah, we said the date. We didn't say the director. Okay. So it's Greta Gerwig, who is uh, by the by the time this episode comes out, her next film should be out, and it looks like an insane departure from this film. But it's the Barbie movie. But uh, I think it looks cool personally. I'll watch it. But it looks insane, like kind of like the Lego Movie, mm-hmm. but uh, live action. <laughs> Are you the target audience for the Barbie movie? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I guess we should uh, talk about the plot. And, yes, we should. And the nonlinear storytelling. All right. You want to kick that off? Well, so I, I already referenced the opening scene, but, you know, it's older Joe, Josephine March, the oldest daughter. Josephine. She's a writer and... and all growing up, they have done plays and, and written things. You find this out later, but she's selling a story uh, to a kind of questionable newspaper, tabloid type uh, publisher. And, uh, you know, it's it's kind of one of those, she's trying for shock value with the, with the story, and it's not great literature. And she won't even sign her name to it because she's afraid her mother will find out. Marmy will find Marmy. out and uh, and will be disappointed. And so the publisher says this line. He says, we'll take it and we'll take some more like this. But if there's a main character, if the main character is a girl, make sure she's married at the end or dead. Or and shadowing. So, yeah, yeah. So... Because- that happens. <laughs> so basically, um, basically, this is kind of where Joe has picked up these ideas that she doesn't need to be married to, you know, be fulfilled and successful and kind of has set in her mind that, that she won't be. And so um, she doesn't want to just do what her culture is telling her to do and so that's the starting of the movie and then it flashes back immediately but it flashes in and out i want to point out a funny scene in the beginning though so she meets this professor this professor and her have a really great rapport and then he offers to give her feedback on her work. And he's like, listen, I'll be very honest, but I really want to read what you have in store. Like the, some of the stuff, I believe you're very talented and I want to see what you've written. And uh, so she gladly accepts thinking that, you know, he's going to be like, oh, this is amazing literature. So he reads it and he very politely, kindly says, this is terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is terrible. And she is enraged. Like she is yes. not having it, even though she deep down agrees, but that he's very nice about it. And by the way, if you want to give us feedback about this podcast, like feel free to, we, we won't be upset. 
Yeah, um, we were joking though earlier when we were just talking about this that um, maybe Jonathan and I are a little bit about like this about our writing. We we kind of we can be uh... we we kind of get a little attached to it. So anyway, but yes, please give us feedback and and we'll we'll accept it even if you even if you uh, tell us you don't like it. Yeah, break our hearts. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> so this this leads to kind of. A scene back at the house. She gets a she gets a note from home, and she rushes home and doesn't tell him goodbye or anything, and and so uh, that kind of sets up the next uh, part of the movie. So the timeline has been confusing for some people. I personally, I personally think it's pretty evident. It's very subtle. I'll say that. It's subtle, but I think it's pretty evident. It's mainly because the scenes in the past have like a more yellow, warm color mm-hmm. palette. The music's different. The music's more what you would expect from a movie like this. Whereas music is kind of downplayed heavily in the present scenes. And the present scenes have a also like bluish, you know, bluish gray color palette. It's more like, oh, we're back to reality, not the golden mm-hmm. days, you know? It, yeah, it's almost like it's a dream. It's like she's thick thinking back to look, uh, and if you look at their hair yeah it's also that's very, a, especially amy's hair like amy's yeah. hair is just like okay it's very clear in these scenes she's a kid yeah in these scenes she's an adult it's like well and even even joe you know sells her hair at one point to help yeah them pay the bills and so there's a haircut they do a good job of making them look younger when it's supposed to be younger and this this tinting of the of the scenes is there. So there's a lot to help you, to help guide you. No CGI de-aging required. No, no. So no. very impressive on that front. Yeah. It works. It works well. So they also break the fourth wall a, a number of times yeah. uh, to uh, read letters generally. So that's an interesting choice, and it, it works. Yeah. It works. Yeah. It picks up the formality of, the letters, you know, so that, that really works. But after she, she goes back home and then I guess it's at home that she's remembering all of these past events and, uh, the meeting of her neighbors, Mr. Lawrence's grandson, who goes by the name, Laurie, Laurie, and, uh, which she calls Teddy. So, you know, we have a confusion (laughs) there, but, uh, so Laurie, Laurie is infatuated with Joe. And Joe really, really wants to be like, <clears throat> and Joe just wants to be homies with Lori. <laughs> like, yeah, that that's her one desire. Like, she she proposes that the sisters let him into their group in like this little scene by the way with all of these uk actresses making fun of british people right i found that hilarious like some of them were just straight up using their regular accent yes but i find that very funny yeah they did a great job with their american accents as well so for the most part they of course have american accents and they're not phony they're very very consistent so and so Yes, she just wants to be friends. This is her buddy. And he's just infatuated with her. He can't see beyond her. So um, Amy, though, has a crush on him big time. And 
this is this is one of the brilliant parts of how it cuts from the past to the present because uh they really uh get into the meat of that part more in the present scenes mm-hmm. it's yeah. kind of downplayed in the past that she has a crush on Lori. there are scenes where you can tell yeah but it's mainly comes to play in the present scenes because that's when it actually becomes something significant, you know? And so they, they develop this, this friendship with Mr. Lawrence who provides Beth with a piano and just, you know, treats them so well. Really? And they're so good. The, the March family, they're taking care of poorer neighbors, even when they have very little themselves because during the Civil War. Yeah, it's at it's almost always at their own expense. And in their doing good, Beth contracts scarlet fever and you know, has a brush with death then, but she never fully recovers, and that's the Beth's health is what brings Joe back home uh from Yeah, the nonlinear storytelling comes to play again. So at the time that Beth gets scarlet fever. They show both her having scarlet fever in the present and her having it in the past, the first time she got it. Yeah. And it's really one of the most crushing scenes in the movie where they show the past where she gets over the scarlet fever and a plethora of good things happens. Mm -hmm. This is around the time their dad comes home. Yeah. Correct. And they had he's fighting for the union. He's he's been away for a long time. They haven't seen him in a while, and he comes home finally. And it's it's just they're all together as a happy family, and then it cuts to the present, and we find out that Beth has died mm-hmm. from her second brush with scarlet fever. This last bout with it, uh, with sickness, uh, leads Joe to begin writing, taking Frederick's advice and write about things that are more important. And so she begins writing about their childhood and realizes she's got something there. And so as soon as Beth dies, she decides to write, write Little Women, yeah, a book it is about their basically life. straight up, just Little Women, the actual yeah. book that exists in the real world. Mm-hmm. I honestly, in this rewatch, I kind of forgot that it straight up says like at the end, the final shot is of the book being printed and they show the book and it says little women by Joe March. Yeah. But I, for some reason I thought that the scenes involving her talking to the publisher, it was revealed that that was actually Louisa May Alcott. Yeah, yeah. I'd had that in my memory for some reason. I think it's because I thought that would have been a kind of cool idea, but I think the i what they went with works perfectly fine as well. That's not a critique at all. I just thought it's very clear that in the original book, Joe was probably a self insert. Yeah, and this this movie definitely plays with that idea. We also have some some other scenes where Amy gets to tour Europe 
And uh, it was supposed to be Joe's trip, but Amy gets to go. As quoting uh, quoting Aunt March, Joe's a lost yeah. cause. <laughs> yeah. Or something. It's like, And so she's courted by a rich man. And Fred, I think, is his name. Yeah. Fred. And so Aunt March believes that they should be married because he's rich. And that's what women should do. Protect their family. Laurie arrives in Europe. <laughs> that's right. Yes. And we don't see the scene where Joe had told him that ain't going to happen, but uh we see it later. We see it later and it's It's painful. it's a great scene, but it's painful. But it, oh, it put my stomach in knots to see that. But uh he, it's just like Lori, Lori. Oh no. Yeah, just 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 You need to reel it back, man. Run just away. Just accept the reality. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, so he's had all this pain. He begins drinking too much. And anyway, but he finds Amy and Amy admits that she's always loved him. And it just kind of clicked that, yeah, that that was the one that he should be with. And so she doesn't really accept his revelation at first. No. And it's because she she very much (laughs) screams I don't want to be second to Joe and yet another thing. Yeah. And and so this is in keeping with this overall theme of that, you know, women have their own agency. And and so she doesn't just accept it easily. She really makes sure that he truly cares and loves her. And so then, yeah. uh, then we find out they're coming back because of Beth's death. And Joe doesn't know till Laurie comes up. In the meantime, she was second guessing of whether or not she should have responded in a different way to Laurie. Yeah, she second guesses until she finds out about how he and Amy had decided to get married. And at that point, she actually takes it very, very well. And I think that's when she realizes, no, I didn't make the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. And I think it's where she realizes that it doesn't, she doesn't necessarily have to not be married, you know? Yeah. It's, it's okay if she's not, but it's also okay if she is. And that's the scene where we see the, the real growth of Amy. And she, she, you know, reaches out to her sister and says, you know, you're not mad, are you? And is this okay? And they have a real touching moment there. And um, yeah. Joe is still a little confused, but she accepts it and congratulates them. And and it was, you know, it was really good. That's what I really like about the relationship of these characters. It doesn't feel phony. Like mm-hmm. there's never a second, even when Amy burns her novel, there's never a second where you ever feel like they're not a family that cares deeply about each other. Jonathan, so you're, you know, you're an only child. I've had a sister who hit me over the yeah. head with a can you know and so so that's how it happens you know and so but we we love each other and does play very real so yeah thanks for thanks for giving me a spot when i could uh talk about my sister hitting me over the head with the can it's gonna be funny if she listens to this (laughs) (laughs) but uh so let's just say a certain individual shows up to the house when they're in their reunion. Who could that be? 
Yes, Friedrich. Oh, he's just stopping by, you know? So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's just stopping by. And Joe is like, well, all right, glad you stopped by. I, I see you got to go. get to California. I, I don't want to keep you too long. He's like, okay, I guess I'm going. He just goes. And then the entire family is just like, are you kidding me? Go. Particularly Lori. That's the funniest part. Lori in particular is just like, what are you doing? (laughs) Yes. And so she chases him down in the rain. This is interspersed with her giving the manuscript to the publisher. Right. The manuscript of Little Women. Yes. And the publisher's granddaughters or something were like, How does it end? How does it end? Yeah. They had they had like snuck and read it. He was go- he was gonna turn it down, but they they won him over. Yeah. And so he, he says like, But she doesn't get married. She's at first like steadfast, like, no, it doesn't need to happen. He's like, Could you just let her get married? And then she was like, Fine. And it cuts to, <laughs> it cuts cuts to, to that <laughs> scene. And so the rest of that scene. It's just an yeah. awesome transition. I love stuff like that. Yeah. So just being really cheeky. Yeah. They played with the plot as the book is coming together, sort of, you know. So it's it, kind it does of turn meta. Around. It's kind yeah. of meta in a subtle way. And in that way, I'm kind of glad they didn't go with the like, oh, it's actually Louisa May Alcott, you know? Yeah. It's a subtle meta, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like how it's not trying to be like this aggressive, like departure from the source material. It's Mm -hmm. not trying to be that at all. From all accounts that I've heard, I've not read the book, but from all accounts I've heard, it's pretty faithful to the original Mm -hmm. story. It's just finding new ways to tell the story. Right. And that's how I think that is a genius way to adapt a movie, especially especially when it's something that's been adapted. So I looked it up. I think there's six movies hmm. of Little Women. Yeah. And I believe there's a miniseries as well. Mm-hmm. At least one miniseries. There's a little hat tip to it when Joe is writing the you know, writing out the pages. She keep, They show her moving the pages around. Did you notice that? Is that so? Yeah, she, she moves the pages around in different places. And I thought, well, they're just doing a hat tip to this story. That's line. cool. That's so cool. I, I like thought that was a like that. clever little thing that the director put in. Yeah. So I, I was I was struggling with it. I was like, "How is she, why is she moving these around?" And, and I was you like, realize, "Oh, duh!" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Sneaky." They they take what should be should have been like a really tired adaptation. It's like we've had so many Little Women movies. Why do we need another one? They took it and they made it something that like appealed beyond. The fan base, because I am not the fan base of the Little Women story. I like I said, I tried a different version. I think it was the '90s one. I tried that version. I couldn't get into it personally, and I think it's because I had seen the the newer one before, and I was just like, "This is like a really creative way to tell a story. Very engaging. 
in ways that I was not expecting. Yeah. It's very good filmmaking, you know, pretty scenes. Um, just, it was, it's a great film. Absolutely. I think that we've, uh, kind of given our take, uh, we, we encourage you to, to watch it and, and see if this uh, resonates with you as well. Well, that's all we have for today. I'm Jonathan Myers. And I'm Gary Myers. And this has been the Real to Real Podcast once more. Thank you for listening. <laughs>